show of Five Shark Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Michael. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Welcome to another episode of Five Stripe Weekly, and Atlanta United lost 2-1 to our bitter, bitter rivals, Orlando City. Uh, yeah, especially at home at the Benz. This is an absolutely unacceptable loss, and the performance wasn't that great either. And yes, if you are a follower of this channel and subscriber, you also know that we don't really complain about refs, but the refs were just abhorrible, and it really grated me. And I wasn't the only one, I feel like. The whole stadium really was giving it to the ref. Anytime the refs need security to walk off the pitch, you know, you know that they weren't great, uh, to say the least. But yeah, it's uh, it's a game that we went ahead and we were able to kind of get the crowd excited and oh yeah, you know this might be a really good. Uh, we, we score first, right? Like we we don't usually score first. We should probably yeah house. Orlando City. We have their number for most of it, for most of our uh, our time against them. No, not the case tonight, or not tonight, but you know that night. And uh, Maurizio Pereira, uh, their talisman, really did a number on us, and we uh, we paid for it. We uh, we switched off, and uh, I think it's uh, it's another symptom of Atlanta United doing what we do. We just cannot be consistent and that's two losses in a row after a whole bunch of draws in a weird draw streak that kind of kept us in the uh in the conversation in uh kind of fourth fifth but now we are in seventh hanging on to a playoff spot but uh yeah we definitely extensively talked about this match uh with a bunch of United creators or fans uh, you should check that live. I'll put it up in a card. I think it's more this way, actually, uh, above here on YouTube. And if you're listening on the podcast, then go and check it out uh, on our YouTube channel. But, uh, Michael, yeah, you know, uh, your thoughts kind of uh, on anything that uh, maybe we didn't chat about during that live. I know you've got some handy-dandy stats that uh, we can pull from this one that might illuminate some uh, even more misgivings from Atlanta United. Yeah, I mean, what you just said is correct. In terms of Atlanta United's record at home, um, we've been pretty good. 7-0-3, I believe is what they were saying on the broadcast. Uh, when we go up first was our record. Um, and somehow we've made our first loss in that column this time around, which was, you know, when everyone saw that first goal, goal go in, we were like, okay, like you said, we're off to the races. Great start. It's going to be a really tough mountain for Orlando to climb, to claw back. And fortunately, they did. And the way they did it was with at least once, um, with what you're saying, yeah, Maurizio Pereira's amazing pass, line-cutting, slicing pass, uh, that saw Duncan, that found Duncan McGuire slipping past in the middle between I think it was uh, Abram and Parata, who I guess like he ducks Parata first and then right in between both of the center backs, finds an almost un completely uncontested pass, gets it, starts the book. He's slow, 
very slow striker, big guy. Abram catches him, starts harassing him. Because he's a big guy, he was able to do some you know, control over the ball and then get a decent shot off, one-on-one, beats Guzan. And I believe that was the uh, that was the second goal. First goal was just a bit of quality. Um, unfortunately, we have a bad set-piece giveaway. Um, put a nice little ball right on the top of, uh, I don't remember the player's name, really tall guy. I believe it was Sosa, though, was in the midst of trying to cover him, which was never a good play considering he's going to win against almost no one in a height competition. And so that guy gets what was tantamount to a free header. And boy, what did he put some pepper on it? That thing went flying. Guzan really didn't have much to say about it. I don't think a lot of keepers would. He put it exactly where it needed to go. That was the first goal. Second goal is like what I said. That's pretty much the undoing outside of, you know, us scoring that really good and well-worked first goal, which I'll describe as quickly as I can because it's just about Barry, really. Barry coming back, grabbing the ball, incredible effort, um, basically after losing it, and then being able to just spring Chol after just immense effort, just trying to win it back. And Chol getting a miracle just something off. I, it's hard to call it a shot. Something off. And the goalie, Glaze, being as good as he is, got a good piece of it and was able to stop it to a degree. Long enough, at least, for a really good um, goal line clearance, which, to their chagrin, was put to bed by a speeding Wiley, who was there to pounce on the opportunity and bashed it in. Which, again, great start to the game. Everyone was hopes and positivity at that point but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be exactly and uh yeah i mean uh that second half for us just nothing to write home about uh and this is where the gripes about the ref come in because yeah you know there is no control of Galese at all there's a an early card for him but then yeah you know he's very reticent to send off a keeper so it's at that point you have uh, a keeper who's just, he knows he's, he can take advantage, and he absolutely did. And at that point, yeah, you know, we're just at the whim of uh, Orlando, just wasting as much time as possible. Uh, and as well, some very questionable calls. Uh, and yes, there's, uh, you know, in our live as well, we talked about how the uh, Yakumakis uh, yellow, mm, you know, maybe deserved, but still uh, was that embellished? Absolutely. And uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, so, so annoying. Uh, lots of other calls that, uh, you know, went their way, not ours. And what can you do? I mean, it's just like the quality of the refereeing in this league leaves a lot to be desired. But in this match doubly annoying because yeah. yeah you know we're at home we should you know have some sway over the refs a little bit right none whatsoever uh he he just kind of yeah held uh held in his belief of just not really being uh a ref that gives a lot of yellows and i feel like that would have given more control of the game to him but it didn't it was uh something that's yeah, just played in the favor favor for Orlando, and uh, yeah, it, it's uh, just another instance of um, 
you know, the refereeing in this league that leaves so much to be desired. But it's still, the second half, very, very poor by LA United. And, uh, you know, we really couldn't impose very much in that second half. And it's questionable kind of what the tactic really was when we're, <laughs> we're at home, we are still trying to play out from the back uh, a little bit early in this match, and that's kind of what kind of led to it, uh, of uh, kind of Orlando, I think, being uh, pretty pretty good in this match, uh, at least early. I think our goal was a little bit more smash and grab uh, than theirs a little bit. But um, then, yeah, their two goals, which were, yes, counterattack goals, but still, like, they're just more ruthless, way more efficient than we were. And, uh, yeah, the quality of our chances just, they weren't good enough. Like, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it really came to, the best chance came in stoppage time when Tiago Almada, uh, I mean, it's, it wasn't quite upper 90, but it was at least in the top right corner-ish. I would say it's, like, in the top upper 70, uh, just to, <laughs> for jokes, but it's... Yeah, um, it's still a great save by Galese. And yeah, um, the wall, the traditional wall that Atlanta puts up in order to confuse goalkeepers, yeah. unfortunately, did not deter Galese enough. Yeah. He got there and he parries it away, um, killing any hopes for a yeah. dramatic comeback and equalizer at the depth. So right, exactly. And so yeah, I mean, it is another instance of just the like clinical ability of. Thiago Amato, though, to put free kicks on goal. It's just, <laughs> it's unreal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody in the world I've seen puts it on regularity like he does. I mean, maybe like way back when when Dimitri Payet was with West Ham, maybe that is when I, yeah, I can recall somebody being just that on point with their free kicks. But this man... This little man, this Argentine man, does magic with his right foot. But unfortunately, we can't uh, wax poetic about him uh, in this match because, yeah, you know, obviously we lose. Uh, but, you know, Michael posed a lot of these questions to uh, a lot of the people on uh, the live. I'm going to pose this question to him. Your three stars for this match. Who were they? Yeah, definitely Wiley unequivocally is number one. Not only did he get the goal, his work rate, his energy, his bravery, and his physicality, which you don't see as much. Um, he really stepped up this game, like in a big way. He asserted himself all over the field, defensively, offensively. He was pushing guys that were bigger than him. Even like when the play was already done, he was just, you know, still finishing up his run and there's kind of a guy in his way instead of just easing up he's just like no get out of my way like he was there asserting himself i was very impressed with the fire underneath him um definitely my number one for this game almada number two because even though he didn't get the goal this guy was the operator for basically any kind of chance we were gonna have we just never had the final pass the final ball there was no movement off the ball there's no effort to try and get somewhere where an assist could actually happen. So unfortunately, 
despite Almada trying his best and doing trying to do everything himself, it just didn't work out that game. Um, and number three, uh, I would say, I think Hernandez had a decent game. Um, I think you could do a couple shouts for uh, third star in this game. Um, so I'll just pick one. I'll say like Hernandez, I think did decent while he was in. Um, he, I was always doing a lot of up and down running. He also exposed himself a little bit, but I think it's because he was trying to take chances. Um, and a lot of times when you have a team that is just not getting anywhere, nothing seems to be happening. Some players will just go, screw it, I'm taking a chance. And sometimes that can unlock games. Sometimes it'll come back and bite you in the butt. Luckily for Hernandez in this case, kind of really didn't do either. Um, kind of was a wash, but at least he had some of that initiative. Um, which unfortunately a lot of the other players just don't seem to have sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, definitely. I agree with uh, most of that. Uh, I would say Machop Chol, when he was in, yeah, he was mm -hmm. making things happen um, as well. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately he did come off with an injury and we'll find out the extent of his injury in the coming days. We're filming this on a Monday, so there's not quite an update fully. Um, the extent all of we know injury. I think is that it's an ankle thing yeah it's an ankle but how long it will be how long he will be out we'll find out obviously uh, League's Cup uh, it's this break pretty much and so it probably bodes well in that regard if you get an injury at this time that yeah, yeah you have some time to recover essentially but uh, I think he would have hoped probably to get some minutes as well uh, a good oh, yeah. number of minutes so that's the uh, he's improving he's been developing well exactly especially in the the forward positions where uh yeah you know he's able to use not only his uh his physicality but his dribbling ability and uh you know his absolute height for uh generally a winger uh slash striker of course as well but yeah i mean he uh you know i think he's got some uh some some things that could uh, could play really well in the future for us if uh, he can really develop that uh, that part of his game as well as yeah if he can if he can at one point uh, you know develop some hold up play I think that could be really really good um, and I think as well maybe some ball striking ability but all right we'll we'll talk about that another day but Yako's a great guy to understudy with so yeah but. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, there were some uh, some quotes from the team as well after the match uh, that we'll read out, but we'll see how much credence uh, that it actually gives. But uh, yeah, Marsadich he says it's football. Sometimes you win some games. You uh, sometimes you win some games. You lose some games. You have to take a step back, kind of learn how we played in. Uh, and the formation that we ran and get an understanding of each position and what individually we could do better to help the team collectively. I don't know if I fully agree with uh, that type of like almost laissez-faire uh, attitude after a loss to Orlando. I don't know. And it's if a non-answer. It's just a yeah. non-answer is what it is. Yeah. It's just, you know, pleasantries and other types of formality. I mean, it's right. just... It but, says it's a lot of words that say relatively nothing, unfortunately. Exactly. But I think what screams to me is they don't know the breadth of the situation. Is that it's a game against Orlando City. And whether some fans don't believe it's a rivalry or not, like that's the one that is earmarked by MLS for us. And that's... <laughs> 
in any case, most fans feel like that's our fiercest rivalry. And then you lose. And then you say this after the game. Just, I'm baffled. I'm, like, the players don't know the breadth of the situation. And, uh, yeah, that that also comes from the top. But, uh, yeah, and so, Gonzalo Pineda, he, uh, you know, he also mentioned, uh, let's see, what did he say? Mm, actually, no. Uh, Porata, he mentioned, this is football, we have to look forward and we have to look at the film. See what we do well and what mistakes we did. We have to improve them. We have 10 days for our revenge. We want to do a great job in League's Cup. That's the mindset. Um, also, yeah. Why, you know. why does everyone think that they have to remind us that it's soccer or football before they get into commenting about things? Yep. It's like, yeah, I know. I, we know. We know it's soccer. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah, it's definitely one of those things. It's like, yeah, uh, it's the, the almost media-trained answer to... Uh, to pretty much be like, oh yeah, you know, especially if you win, it's like, oh yeah, this is a very important win, and uh, <laughs> and we look to the next game. Yeah. But uh, it is one of the these. This team things. was very good, very good, respectful team. I like them a lot. You know, you know they right. played a very good game, and you know exactly. But we were just better <laughs> on the night, or oh, they, they were just they were just better on the night, and it's just like, yeah, <sighs> it's a big sigh because yeah, you. It's almost really refreshing to get like the Yakomakisis, uh, the Jose Martinez's that uh, really give it to you real. And, you know, just calling it like it is, where it's like, yeah, well, we play like shit. And we should be upset at ourselves. And, you know, we're going to do everything it takes to get better next time so this type of result doesn't happen again. But. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Jeff Lornowitz and. Uh... Stephen Glass, when they were still here, yeah. Um, some of the press conferences they've done, mm-hmm. where they just kind of Dutch uncle it and just tell it like it is, yeah. very real, very raw. Like you felt the emotion, and I'm like, I mean, we were in a dark place, so I don't yeah. ever want to go back there. But at least that was refreshing. Exactly, and especially yeah, when it's these times, which yeah, right now, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're. Uh, we're not in the best place, obviously, but uh, there is that stat that uh, Michael pulled out uh, during our live that LA United are in a similar place in the same type of uh, juncture in 2017, in which we didn't really uh, really start getting hot until about September uh, when we got home, uh, introduced ourselves at the Benz, and really went on a ridiculous kind of uh, run to, uh, yeah, to really kind of, uh, I think, get to fourth. I think we finished that season. So, uh, you know, it, it is something that, <laughs> is it possible? Yes. Can I see it in this team? I am not sure. Uh, we, yeah, we have some players that are coming in. We have a transfer window to bring more players in. So, by God, I hope that uh, the failings of the front office uh, are going to figure it out. But my hopes are not strong in the uh, the one in charge. But uh, hopefully the one above him can uh, start imposing his will. And uh, yeah, get those things going in the right order. But yeah, you know, let's wrap up this baby. And uh yeah, if you have any final thoughts on this Orlando match, that was shit. 
Yeah, so uh, one thing I wanted to say was Gonzo talked about in his presser that uh, the gaps between our defense and the midfield really left us exposed specifically on like the second goal. Um, again, I mean, this is something that, you know, at least he's acknowledging it to a degree in the press conference, whereas before it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a confluence of a lot of different things and there's just breakdowns and all over the, because he doesn't want to point to like one thing that kind of, kind of uh, cuts that one player or that one group of players out and identifies them as like, that was a problem this game. Like, he hates doing that. No one likes to do that for the most part. So I understand why they don't typically. In this case, he's like, well, there was definitely a breakdown between the defense and the defensive midfield this game. Um, that space that was opened up, they were able to use that space to their advantage multiple times this game and basically have their way in that area. Um, and that was a problem he thought tactically of himself. I think Henry Higuita from Dirty Stop Soccer was asking him about, well, did you just get kind of outread in terms of your tactics? Did you get outplayed? Um, are you planning on changing your tactics? Maybe looking at tactics like in, like, would you switch up to a more tournament style tactic versus a league style tactic um, for League's Cup coming up? And he's like, no, nah, not really. Don't really, not really thinking of switching anything up. Uh, and I don't think I was out. I don't think it was tactics. I don't think it was formations. He specifically talked about how he doesn't think this has anything to do with formations. Remember, Jason Longshore on his um, podcast was also talking about that, saying formations, like all the breakdowns in, in our defense and our midfield today, he pointed out it didn't really have anything to do with the formation. Like, I get it that, like, you could you can say that, um, but I also will say that <laughs> formations definitely have something to do with it still, though. It's not like they have zero effect on it whatsoever. So... I don't know. I mean, take that for what it is. Uh, I think like there is something there. It's not nothing. However, it seems like everyone is making me feel crazy saying like it's there is no problem. When Henry's question was kind of pointed to in that in that uh, direction with like, you sure it's not a problem? Maybe we change a little bit, like maybe. And then he's like, nah, it's all good. We're, we're fine, baby. It's like, so I mean, <laughs> take it for what it is. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. No, and I, I appreciate Henry Higuita for uh, yeah asking a pointed question like that because, uh, yeah, I think it's necessary. There is, I mean, the whole talk about like uh, yeah, Pineda's never gonna give away too much before the next match probably. So I get maybe why he won't say anything, especially yeah, you know, uh, Tata Martino probably will be listening in and seeing. Okay, yeah, you know. Uh, at least, yeah, I think he's gonna pay attention to Atlanta United, you know, especially the game before. Like, he's gonna gonna see what they're saying and what we're saying, all that. But uh, I think largely, though, about the formation stuff, it absolutely does have uh, an effect because, yeah, you know, the personnel that's in the squad will absolutely dictate how we play, and if those. <laughs> understudies are not good enough to be able to play the way we play absolutely you have to you have to uh you have to shield or you have to like uh paper over some of the cracks somehow and <laughs> what other way i mean it's like because sometimes uh you know if it's not that i mean sure it could be tactical but yeah it's not like you're gonna have uh you know four uh, central midfielders on the pitch or something like that, like that's going to dictate a change in the formation. And so, yeah, absolutely, it has all to do with each other. It's not 
just a singular uh, type of factor, but absolutely, formation has something to do with it. But uh, you know, I, I think yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that um, you know that cover the team that are yes uh, shining things in a good light sometimes uh and it is i think part of it and it's also that i mean you know uh it's a very forgiving league like we've mentioned before and so it can be uh we can we could be in seventh and we can make a good run like i just mentioned uh, like we did in 2017 and uh yeah you can just uh not have to worry about what happened before and if you do well in MLS Cup playoffs, all is forgiven, right? But, you know, during the time right now, it's not great. <laughs> it's not a great yeah. time right now. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Michael tweeted out at one point, I'm straight up not having a good time with that uh, <laughs> with that, that, that meme. And, yeah, straight up right now, I am not having a good time. Like, this is this is a low point in the season, no doubt. You cannot lose to Orlando City at home. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, let's move on to the news. And yes, it is the MLS All Star break going into the League's Cup. And yes, uh, our two All Stars in Tiago Almada and Yorgos Yakomakis will play my beloved Arsenal at uh, DC United's home at Audi Field. Wayne Rooney will be the coach. It's it's a weird world. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever say those <laughs> words all like consecutively together. But uh, yeah, it definitely uh, will be very interesting. Tiago Amato will also play a part in the uh, skills challenge uh, the day before as well. And so that will be fun. Uh, we mentioned that in the uh, the other episode as well, but uh, of course the big big news from this past week is that Lionel Messi has finally been announced as an Inter Miami player. Unfortunately, it Messi also watched came twenty twenty three. Right, exactly. But it also came with Hurricane Messi because that unveiling <laughs> at uh, at Drive Pink Stadium. Came with a monsoon, and uh, or wherever you are. I mean, it's a hurricane here, but you know, uh, it is definitely torrential downpour. Torrential downpour, and it was. Uh, yeah, you saw David Beckham slipping. You saw, yeah, you know, just uh, not great conditions for an unveiling. That's kind of why you have a dome stadium because uh, you don't have to worry about the weather really, and. Uh, and yep. boy, do you have to worry in Florida. Exactly. Every day around Every 2 day. o'clock, it's going to yeah. thunderstorm. And yeah. Sometimes much I mean, worse. And I mean, yeah. I just want to say shout out to Miami. You guys are real lucky. Uh, your first debut with Messi, uh, you made it out. You didn't lose. And you avoided Messi getting an injury by not slipping on the stage walking up. So props to you on your first debut with uh, your yeah. new teammate. Right, exactly. And, uh, of course, uh, you also have Sergio Busquets also, uh, you know, announced as an official Inter-Miami player. So, yeah, you know, they're uh, they're getting blessed in a lot of ways, uh, even though they're toiling away in, the, yeah, the wooden spoon at the end of the uh, Eastern Conference table. 
But, uh, yeah, the uh, the relevance here, uh, for us anyway, is that uh, Commissioner Don Garber, he has mentioned that MLS clubs may install grass into uh, you know their stadiums for Messi. And so, obviously, we play on turf. The Benz, uh, I mean, I guess we could uh, have, uh, I guess, that artificial sunlight in order to, uh, you know, really grow the grass between matches. But, uh, yeah, there are a handful of other uh, kind of mixed-use stadiums around the league that also will probably switch over as well. Why it's a big deal is because, yeah, Messi probably will not like Zlatan. Uh, Ibrahimovic play on turf and so uh, yeah it's something that's United was probably going to do for the World Cup anyway in 2026 probably just uh, accelerates that if it were but uh, yeah of course our match against Inter Miami at the Benz is September 16th so yeah very interesting that uh, yeah if that will happen before then and what it will look like, what it will feel like for, uh, you know, everybody. Like, the the smell of natural grass at the Benz will be really bizarre. Like, yeah. Incredibly... I wonder if they just, like, open up all the... They just open up the stadium for the, for this messy match, get the tickets to come in and everything, and I wonder if, it, if it, it goes a long way to paying for the whole operation of putting the grass on. I wonder if they semi-break even or they make yeah. a profit or something. I have no idea how expensive it is to do something like that so who knows if it's even worth right. it but I, hey i mean yeah. you get to bring Messi to play in the bends i think the best player in the world i think you make you move heaven and earth so yes yeah that's what uh apple uh has done that's what the league has done and uh yeah i'm really looking forward to seeing how these uh mls rules will be broken and uh you know really uh kind of stretched so that Messi can Get all the accoutrements for uh, for his you know best time of his life in MLS. So, but uh, also really interesting, not really too relevant is that apparently Ronaldo uh, crapped on MLS and uh, yeah, you know the Saudi Arabian league. He mentioned that uh, that's the uh, the best league in the or the, it's a better league rather than MLS, and that's uh, yeah you know. A lot of players have been now moving to Saudi Arabia because of him. We'll find out if that's, uh, you know, how that works out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, if it was money, if it was straight up about money, uh, Messi probably wouldn't have come here. Saudi Arabian League, 100% all about money. Let's just be real. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I think anyway. that's kind of a silly thing to say. Um, yeah. I mean, like, if you're thinking about... Like, at, in the moment, like right now, perhaps the Saudi League could give MLS a run for the money in terms of like talent-wise. Yes, of course, Christian Ronaldo's move has grabbed a lot of, like, not a lot, yeah. but like a, a, a noticeable yeah. amount of players to come right. play over there. You, you got Benzema, you got Conte, yeah, yeah you got, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe some other players that are playing in, yeah, the top leagues in Europe and now have moved over. So, yeah. Yeah, Possible. but I mean that's that's kind of silly to me to to just compare it to now versus what the MLS's potential is versus the Saudi League's potential. I don't think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. Um I think it's kind of like maybe like a 5 years like 
start end point of like their meteoric rise and then i think it'll probably drop off whereas mls i think will just only continue to grow um mm-hmm. that's just that's just my projecting into the future i i just feel like i'm pretty i'm probably going to be right about that um i just can't see a sustainable like massive growth of soccer in saudi arabia like the potential for that here is like wild i mean i don't know how many teams are we gonna like get up to and then how many different tiers are we gonna break everything out into and like i just it, it seems like the potential is unmatched compared to any other country honestly because i mean you already have like a lot of the other stable countries are already cemented in the way they do things they're not gonna like grow that much more or anything like that uh whereas mls i mean jesus it's only the fertile soil for everything that's to come so um to compare like saudi now to you know what it could be or what the mls could be in the future i think is just that's a no-brainer it's obviously mls yeah and uh it's a great point that you bring up as well uh the potential there is of course the news that that's uh, yeah, USL and the leagues below as well will start to try to implement promotion relegation. And so ProRel in the United States again, and this time, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much kind of aimed at a crack at uh, maybe uh, becoming a, a, just a different product than MLS pretty much uh, to be able to... Yeah. Uh, kind of follow the you know models around the world where there is relegation and yeah really seeing how that really takes but very interesting and I mean Michael do you have a take on that yeah I have two things first thing is this is a they're gonna do a vote on this so mm-hmm. I don't think this is anywhere guaranteed that it's going to happen yep um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't think like I don't think we should be counting the chickens before they hatch in this regard. It's a good idea. It's a sp- interesting and smart idea on their behalf because they can quote unquote differentiate themselves as a brand from MLS in a quote unquote more authentic soccer style. So I think that that can kind of bring a different set of eyes, a different set of like um, seriousness to that league that like a lot of people say MLS lacks because they don't have pro well, pro rel. Um, moving on to the second point. Uh, some guys and I were talking in the Discord about potential moves MLS might make in the future that could include ProRel. And this isn't just the t- old, tired uh, discussions that you and your friends probably had. We had some innovative ideas. The one idea was that it's not just build out the pyramid downwards, uh, which is, I think, pretty much everyone's decided all the owners will never go for that. Because if you have, like, basically what you're telling the owners that they are now, uh, that your team has the potential to then, like, go down ranks. I don't think they're ever going to sign on to that kind of thing. It's just not going to happen. However, what they might be interested in, though, is instead of building it down, build it up. So then what you have is, let's say, MLS eventually gets to, like, you know, like 40 teams or something like that. Um, then you could already split it into two leagues, 2020 or something like that. And MLS just stays MLS. And then there's like a champions league version of it above them that you can win promotion to and relegation from back to MLS thing is 
when you're an MLS, you're just guaranteed that spot. You don't go up and down from there. You're guaranteed to stay there. And if the owners like the way they are, it is now, it wouldn't change. They would still be happy. But they have one added little piece of incentive here is if they do want to invest more, they do want to do more, they want to win, and they make it into that next league, they can make even more money then. So they don't have the fear of going down. They can continue to break even or whatever non-ambitious thing they have going on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or they can you know, get on their saddle and then try and go up to the next league and then win even possibly more money. So like, I feel like that's a win-win. With all this money coming at MLS, hopefully that'll be something that they could orchestrate. Um, maybe this is like five, ten years down the line, but like hopefully Messi accelerates this significantly, which I think it will. But I feel like that's just a much better idea than the traditional idea of the pyramid going, you know, building it downwards because just no one's going to get on board with that. Build it up, see what happens to like a ivory tower in the sky. So, mm. I like that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's interesting because yeah, the Apple TV money is uh, definitely going to be. Uh, I think on the up, there is the rumor as well that Apple TV will be possibly trying to get the Bundesliga uh, TV rights oh, deal yeah. as well. And so that is all very, very fascinating. Of course, there's a lot of Americans playing in Bundesliga as well, so it's probably like a very natural uh, kind of next step uh, as the next league. Uh, obviously, the Premier League, that's, that's not going to happen for a long time uh but uh you know all the other leagues yeah they might be part of the uh the question of okay uh you know if that that uh that league tv deal is expiring there is an opening for uh for them to be able to swoop in and uh yeah that will be very very i think good for apple tv because yeah the more leagues that you can just kind of watch uh with Hopefully, a low-cost subscription. I think it probably no doubt will go up, actually, if uh, there's more leagues. But it will be very fascinating to see what transpires. But uh, anyway, let's move back to LA United. And Mateus Hissetu, apparently, is uh, in talks with several uh, European clubs. Nothing advanced uh, or concrete as of yet. But uh, I think there's a lot of fans that... Would probably welcome that. Uh, his, his definitely his option is, uh, or he's got an option, but his contract ends at the end of the season. And yeah, probably not too many fans would be worried if that uh, happens. If we can make that happen in this transfer window, holy crap! Yeah, I think we maybe can get that yep. eight that we need that uh, would be able to help uh, kind of solidify this midfield that has been yeah. A big issue, a big big issue for this team. But uh, yeah, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I uh, I think I mean we're not going to get any money uh, from him going, and that I mean that's perfectly fine. Because um, I mean just getting him a contract off the books, getting him off of the team, um, I think would be really good for us. Here's a hot take: I don't think Mateus Rosetu is really that bad of a soccer player. I think two things about him. First, I think he's, if he's around very good players who can build him up, give him confidence, very good leadership, maybe people of like also Brazilian, like I think he would do extremely well. I think he would do much better psychologically. 
Um, like you want to make mistakes. I think not that he makes too many mistakes. Um, I think may, basically his mo, his issue is that he doesn't like to progress the ball as much. He likes to go safe, safe decisions, lateral backwards, things like that. If you're a team that fancies control and possession, and you want to have a lockdown, you know, midfield player who you know is hopefully probably going to be relatively cheap for you and um, is like a good backup. He's going to be fine. He's going to be perfectly fine, I think. Um, he's definitely serviceable in that regard. Just an attacking on the front foot team like Atlanta United, that's just not him. That's not his fit. So I we, we, yeah. we definitely need him gone 100%. But like, I don't think he's like, you know, I don't think it's a lot of people are saying like it's unbelievable that he has attention from European clubs or things like that. I mean, first of all, it's probably not going to be tier one teams, but still like... Yeah. I, it's not it's not insane to me so yeah and agreed that he's not a terrible player I mean uh, he's just not a very dynamic player and uh, you get not really too much from him defensively uh, you know and really as well attack wise it's not really too much there either so his one real skill essentially is basically keeping possession and uh yeah like you're saying if there's a team that values that and being able to uh play it safe be a little bit more uh i guess pragmatic then yeah you know that that's a player that can help you but yeah not the type of player i think that uh is atlanta united pedigree and uh that's been it's not the profile the we're with for, yeah Exactly, especially at his price. So that's been the main thing. But, uh, yep, as well, uh, let's move on to Atlanta United 2. Uh, so, unfortunately, they also fell to Orlando City 2, or B, rather, 3-2 uh, on Sunday night. And, yeah, uh, that's frustrating, of course. Uh, both teams have essentially lost to Orlando in one weekend. Just, uh, yep. Just a dark, dark time at the club right now, like I said. But uh, Jackson Conway, he scored his third goal of the season. Nick Formino, he scored his league-leading 11th goal of the year. But, uh, yeah, it was not Yeah, MLS next golden boot-leading Nick Firmino. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Brazilians, exactly. And uh, that's, you know, some of you might be asking, okay, like, this guy's killing it in LA 2 why can't he be uh, called up and you know play a lot of games for LA United? I mean, yeah, that's a, that's part of those rules for you. He only has so many call-ups, and uh, we probably will use them for some emergencies more so than uh, actually being able to call him up and let him cook. But it's just not not in the uh, the structure of MLS and. Uh, MLS next pro so uh, yep it is the case we lost both matches that is a bummer but um, so that is that on the news and pretty much the entire episode I, uh, but yeah we will talk about the League's Cup which is coming up uh, just a little bit we'll preview the match next week against Inter Miami and Cruz Azul but uh, yeah we have some uh bits and bobs about the league's cup uh michael take it away yeah real quick league's cup uh starts on the 21st this month 
Atlanta's first game is at Miami at Drapping Stadium, 7.30 on the 25th. Uh, that'll be uh, the second game that Messi plays in, the first MLS side they play against. The first one for them with his debut being Cruz Azul. Um, uh, our second game is home against Cruz Azul on uh, 7 o'clock on the 29th. So mark your calendars if you haven't already done that. And lastly, uh, in our Discord, make sure to join. We are holding a uh, League's Cup bracket prediction competition. Uh, the submissions for which are due before the, the tournament begins, obviously, on the 21st. So if you're looking to do that, make sure you get that in before the 21st. Um, and unfortunately, there's no real big prize for this one, except for bragging rights, which in our Discord is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So check it out in our description on the channel and wherever the podcast is found. But uh, yes, <coughs> excuse me, uh, it will be definitely a lot of fun, uh, at least in our Discord. Hopefully the games will be fun too. We'll find out. But uh, yeah, definitely against Inter Miami and Lionel Messi, that will probably be some must-watch TV. So uh, at it's, the very it's least, it's wild with the predictions. People have predictions all over the place. They have like <laughs> every team winning. It's it's bizarre. It's crazy. So who knows what's yep. gonna happen? Right, and exactly that. Uh, so that leads perfectly to our question of the day in. Who do you think, which club, uh, will win ultimately the League's Cup? And also, kind of an ancillary uh, kind of uh, question of the day as well. How far do you think Atlanta United will go in the League's Cup? So, let us know in the comments below. Looking forward to what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Michael, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.